are listening to the Tom Fickman Show on WNHH LP 103.5 FM. Your home for community radio. Good morning, everyone. And literally, it's Harry, our station manager, just mentioned WNHH 103.5 FM as a community radio. Uh, and we're going to talk about community health. And in my mind, whatever you do, it can be a community health effort in terms of inspiring people to live a better life, to, to be prosperous, to stay healthy, to stay safe. To community and health is not just a health fair or, or a one-off event, uh, but it should be a daily, a daily walk, a 24-7, 365 walk. We're going to ask folks to kind of listen today and really not only listen, but kind of come out for a, for a community health fair, a community health walk, a community health communion in August, um, and Reverend Dr. Uh, Reverend Elvin Clayton and Reverend uh, Senior Reverend uh, Leroy Perry are going to de describe this upcoming event, which is because it's, it's time sensitive, meaning that it's just going to be held on a particular day for a particular hour, uh, could be considered a one-off, but it's not a one-off. It's part of the continuum of your life. And uh, many of you have probably attended health fairs, community health fairs, have known people, know people in the medical profession, but come out and, and celebrate with us in August. You're going to hear more information specifically about the date and the time and the location, uh, but come out and celebrate your life. But even just as importantly, and I was mentioned to the two reverends prior to kind of the show starting, that literally someone's life will be saved by this event. Someone's life will be saved by this event. And let's just increase the number of people that might come out and have some health diagnostics, some health screening, some health information, even just inspiration to see their doctor that next day or, or that next evening or that next afternoon or ne that next week, uh, but not just to see that doctor on a one-off, but on a continuum basis. So Reverend Leroy Perry, Reverend Elvin Clayton, good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing good, Tom. Good. Uh, Reverend Perry and Reverend Clayton, kick us off about this event that's upcoming in August, and we want to give people sufficient notice. This is the end of July. Time flies flies when you're having fun, particularly during the summertime. People like to kind of have their schedule in order. So we're going to kind of bring every folks folks together here in New Haven for community health fair in August. And uh, Reverend Perry, kind of set set a little bit of the of the context for us. Uh, yes, Tom. Um, I want to say that the work of ICCI and its cultural ambassadors is really about how we bring together faith and science and how we bring information that will lead to positive health outcomes for our community. So part of, so part of this journey has been how do we bring, how do we, how do we make that gap work? And so for the last 10 years, we have been trying to um, handshake mm. with that institution in New Haven we call Yale mm -hmm. and with the community. And there has been a mistrust. There has been uh, an uncooperative spirit on, on both sides. And so what we have done since 2009 is that we, we've tried to find innovative ways of, um, of getting this information out. And I, and I, prefaced, I prefaced this statement with the fact that, you know, uh, when, when we started, participation in clinical uh, research 
with regards to minority populations was at 3% in 2005, 2006. And that meant that we just didn't participate in any clinical research. And part mm. of the problem was the mistrust. Part of the problem was uh, the thinking that went around that Yale was an elite uh, university only for the rich and those who had legendary um, rights to education there. No affirmative action was necessary. And so what Yale has done with this collaboration, it has said, listen, we, 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 we need you in research and you need us mm -hmm. for the mm -hmm. research mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. order for both of us to bring about better outcomes. And I think that's, that's, that's important. And, and so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build a picture that leads up to this, this whole thing about why we're at the par. Mm -hmm. Give you another example. When we, when we received newsletters from Yale on, on health and medicine, there were hardly any pictures of black people. <laughs> and so when black people got the newsletters, we put them what we do with newspapers in a pile to be thrown in the trash. Mm. So we petitioned um, Yale YCCI group that we do our own newspaper, that we talk about things that were relevant to our community, like prostate cancer and breast cancer, the Tuskegee study, the uh, medical apartheid of Harriet Washington's in her book. And, 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 and finally, they, they agreed. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we were able to garner a greater interest in this whole thing we call research. Even with the Tom Ficklin show, we had to fight. <laughs> mm. keep, 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 keep the hope alive. To keep hope alive. And we said to them, Folk are not listening to, you know, the Yale stations. They're listening to Tom Ficklin, who is who has been doing this work for a number of years, who is a media mongrel in, in, in New Haven, known all over the world, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on the camera and off the camera. That's enough. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't pay, I didn't pay you that much. That's enough on that. <laughs> I met Dr. Rollins yesterday and he he said, he said, I've heard about you. I said, really? He said, yes. Tom Ficklin and I were talking about you yesterday. He was over at the Smilo Center mm. for the ribbon cutting of the sickle cell unit that will be placed there. Mm -hmm. These are events that, that normally never filter down to our community. And that's why, Tom, your program is so important. Appreciate your saying and, that. Um, our, our, our venture into the, the park is not our first rodeo. Mm. We did this once or twice before, and we had a phenomenal uh, number of, of um, responses, positive responses to it. And unlike some other health fairs that take place, and you, you mentioned to me five other health fairs, our health fair basically is centered around research. Mm. Mm. So we are going to plan to have uh, researchers there, and we're gonna, we want to also talk about some of the research that Reverend Clayton and I and the cultural ambassadors are, are doing now, because I think that's important. That's right. Note, and, and many of those researchers will be at our event. So I'm just going to pause now because I know I, I'm not the center stage person for this show. Reverend Clayton, uh, ambassador to the world. Uh, John Wesleyan, pastor of Bridgeport, 
Greater Walters, I shouldn't say Greater Walters, but it is the Greater Walters in Design Church. Tom, Dr. Perryman's got a good night's sleep last night. He had a good night's <laughs> sleep, and the, the spirit moves, and the spirit knows no monetary value, so <laughs> that in, the infinite wisdom kind of streams be, 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 be among all of us. And, and, and Reverend Clayton, just before we go, I lean on you a little bit, but yeah, August, we we're going we're to repeat this a number of times, August 26th at the... Uh, Elders Canterbury Park, that's at 139 Ashman Street, just off of Dixwell Avenue, uh, where the old Elm Haven projects used to be. Just, you know, use your GPS, but 139 Ashman Street and health awareness topics on asthma, clinical research, heart disease, as Reverend Perry has mentioned, kidney disease, prostate cancer, sickle cell, and health screenings, Zumba, music, food, fun, and prizes. But Reverend Clayton, welcome. And yes, let, let's kind of hear, hear your... your it and uh, thank you, Tom. The the time it be for the health fair begins at twelve noon, mm -hmm. and we will be there until four p.m. Excellent. And it, 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 we're going to do a lot of great things, but we're going to have some fun as well. Mm. You know, you, you you want people to bring their their children and their grandchildren, and come out and eat a little food. There'll be a DJ around, do a little dancing. There'll be mm. two 30-minute uh, Zumba sessions mm -hmm. and, and powered by dance fitness. Uh, plan on having a, a, a photo booth, um, a face painting. It, it's going to be a great day, but the bottom line is to, to make more people aware of uh, clinical research. And we want more people to take charge of their health. I agree wholeheartedly with my colleague, Dr. Perry, in talking about the, the mistrust uh, that, that stemmed from uh, historical events, including the, the Tuskegee syphilis study and, and all of that. It, but, you know, there's some things that have been put in place that, that help people if they just would take a chance or, or mm -hmm. get involved because you, you have what we call the opt-out clause for anyone who's willing to get involved in, in clinical research. From the time you start, you can opt out anytime you like without question. So it's not a push. We, we make people uh, uh, understand whatever study they, they want to be involved in. And if they want to roll with it, they can. And mm -hmm. decide to opt out, they can. So, so it, that that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to keep the public informed, especially those uh, in our community who who have been shying away from this participation. Mm -hmm. um, you also heard that when we started with with three or six percent uh, participation of minority people, but now uh, that thing jumped from three to 30, some uh, participations are 60 and even 80%. We, we've heard higher, but uh, <laughs> that's a, to go higher than that, that's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. But the data shows the the area in which the cultural bathrooms have been a part that more people of color uh, have taken place because the, uh, of the trust factor in the people and people like Reverend Dr. Perry, see, see. So, so he, he, he's a, you know, he, we were down in uh, Louisiana last week. Mm -hmm. um, Yale and all of us 
we were, we were there at a missionary convention. And this brother pulled more people in that booth we had, uh, <laughs> having people sign up for all types of clinical research. So I tipped my hand up, you didn't get a chance to say that you left before I did, but it was a great work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that's, that's certainly, that's certainly so key, what you mentioned, Reverend Clayton, in terms of spreading, spreading the good news uh, in, in a metaphorical sense, but also in a very real time sense and kind of uh, letting people know that regardless of what their uh, perspective is about reality in the future, if, if you're here on this, what we call earth at the moment, it's better to kind of be, be able to be a positive contributor and, and, a, and a loving spirit uh, rather than someone that might be besieged with aches, aches and pains. Uh, so I really appreciate your sharing that. Reverend, Reverend Perry, Reverend, Reverend Clayton re- referenced your uh, attendance in, in, in New Orleans and, and other conferences and regional, et cetera. Uh, let people know that although the event is taking place August 26th, uh, at Ellis Canterbury Park, 139 Ashman Street, that it's a local event in that particular time and space from 12 noon to 4 p.m. But also the, the YCCI, the, the Cultural Ambassador Thrust, your, your portfolio, if, if I will, if I, if I can put it that way, is beyond just uh, uh, a, a New Haven GPS. Maybe Duke and, and your other uh, uh, c- c- commitments might be of interest to our, to our listening audience. Uh, yes, um, we have uh, uh, one of the interesting um, developments out of our collaboration with uh, YCCI, the Yale Center for Cultural or Clinical <laughs> Investigation, mm-hmm. has been that we try to broaden the the um, the territory. So what we did early on was we reached out to clergy from the Amy Zion Church in North Carolina. And we brought some outstanding clergymen together uh, at Duke. We met at Duke and we, we did some training sessions with them. We talked about how we were able to make some impactful um, markers in terms of clinical research in this area. And then we brought them to Yale, Mm. one of our sessions, to meet with some of our researchers. And we built this collaboration because we wanted to be, we wanted to make the faith and science really come together. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, if you were sick, you would go to your preacher. And the thing that you would ask that preacher to do was to pray. And there's nothing wrong with praying. But we've got to do, sometimes we got to go a step further. You know, someone comes to you and they've got sugar or they're obese or they've got heart problems. Praying is good. That's, that's the first fundamental step we start at. But we also have to look at the science and the research that is out there now. Reverend Clayton's wife works with uh, Alzheimer patients, mm-hmm. particularly seniors. And they have a new drug now. It doesn't start when, when it, it starts with early stage Alzheimer's, but it's been shown to have some, some very valuable effects. But if, we don't, if, we, if we're not able to get this information out to our seniors, then it is lost mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. suffer. Mm-hmm. So with the Duke collaboration, now they have developed a program very similar, similar to ours, it's called HEAL. 
and they do the exact same thing. They meet with researchers, they take the message out to the community, and they bring about better health outcomes. The one thing that I can say about our program is that we've been super innovative. I mean, super innovative. Mm. We, 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 during COVID, we had town halls, sometime weekly town halls. We had meetings with community cap agencies and we brought Marcella Nunes Smith to address the employees of, for example, new opportunities and to bring her to mm -hmm. Brantford to meet with all of the uh, local officials. Uh, we, 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 we did some awesome work. We trained seniors how to do this Yale cooperative program how to master the internet, Facebook, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. telemedicine. And, and then when we, we couldn't find a way of reaching out to young people, we developed our young ambassador program. Mm -hmm. But we took educated young black people from our community, gave them the training they needed, and then uh, made them ambassadors so that they could help us to market, to understand, and to get the information out to our younger generations. And it's just been a phenomenal ride. You know, also, please Reverend Clayton. Mm -hmm. Also um, last week at this missionary convention, uh, Tisha Johnson was the keynote speaker at the banquet. Mm. And she, as she was sharing with uh, that great crowd of witnesses, um, you know, there were people there from all over the world. See, tremendous. And um, one of the bishops who presiding in the Southwestern Delta, once he heard uh, what the cultural ambassadors was doing here in the Northeast and at Duke, um, he said, we must have this in our Episcopal area. Can you help us do this? Because our mm. people need to know this as well. So um, he was just excited uh, about what he heard. And, and he, it, she didn't talk that long, but she, he heard enough where he declared we must have it in, yeah. in his Episcopal area. So um, we're, we're grateful that we're able to do um, or able to share the message of of, of clinical research, knowing that it, it, it takes time for a lot of medications to come forth. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, with the way science is working now, it will come to pass. And one day there will be a cure for cancer. One day there, there will be a cure for Alzheimer's, but we got to keep sharing the message and more and more people will get on board and take part so that it will, if it doesn't help them, it will help someone else in the future. You know, you know Reverend Perry, I love what Reverend Clayton just mentioned in terms of the, the, the planting the seed and the, and the science of self-discovery, because as we sit here and, and commune with one another on Monday, July 31st, 2023, we forget that five, 10, 15 years from now, uh, I shouldn't say we forget, but we yeah, we, we forget that this that the clinical research effort is ongoing, and new discoveries, new treatments, new solutions will will be forthcoming. So we, it's a it's a it's an it's an opportunity to be to be optimistic in spite of uh, you know people in spite of morbidity 
kind of kicking in the morbid, morbidity rates, but it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to be, to be uh, optimistic. And, and I say that in the sense of, we hear about these terms, virtual reality and, and, uh, and genetics, et cetera, but there, there's some really rad, really major discoveries taking place. And to be part of this, this historical moment, I guess is the point I'm trying to make is to participate in these trials and to be part of this historical moment is so important. It's just, so just urging people to come out on Saturday August 26th uh, at the Ellis Canterbury Park, 139 Ashman Street here in New Haven. Uh, just to cut in, as Reverend Clayton has mentioned, food, fun, music, prizes, Zumba, health screenings, health awareness topics. Uh, uh, it's it's going, to, going to be a great time. Um, gentlemen, what's kind of moving in, moving in, your, in your mind as we kind of uh, continue our next uh, 30, 35 or so, so minutes? Uh, I just love the, the way that you've connected the the, the the temporal event August twenty Saturday August twenty sixth with the historical that you've been involved with and making some comments about where we're moving in in the future and just the the collaboration what what comes to me gentlemen is that the the researchers also you're, you're providing an opportunity for them and as we've as, as we've done the shows over the over the past uh, few years I've just sensed the if not the relief the uh, the the pleasure and even if I can dare say the joy of their being part, because uh, sometimes if you're at Yale and if you're white, you may feel isolated. And so just that creating that, that, that if I can use the term brotherhood and sisterhood among uh, the, 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 the scientists, the, the lay, the religious, the non-religious, just the, the whole flock of us, of, of humanity, bringing the flock of humanity together. Any comments in that regard? Uh, Tom, I wanna say that uh, the researchers have, because of our work, have reached out to us. In fact, their uh, IRB board members have suggested to them with regards to some of their research, uh, you should reach out to the cultural ambassadors. And so uh, in, in that process, what they do is that they meet with us, discuss their project, and then they take feedback from us with regards mm -hmm. to what we think about that. And some of, some of the feedback I'll give you, it's for example, if we think that the compensation is too low, if you're gonna give somebody a $10 gift card to be a part of a research and they have to travel from Hamden or some other part of New Haven to get there by Uber, then you're asking the people you're trying to help, the marginalized people to uh, suffer that that economic uh, cost. Mm -hmm. Other things like whether or not the language being used um, in the study is appropriate, language that they can understand. Um, we always ask the question, what's in it for the participant and what's in it for the sponsor? Because we, we have always had the suspicion that those who were doing the research would be the ones who would prosper and those who mm -hmm. were being the participants would always be the guinea pig. And so we wanted to change that, that scenario. And I think we've done a very effective job in doing that. Reverend Clayton, in that regard? In, in addition to what uh, Dr. Perry was saying, there was a study where they wanted mothers involved mm -hmm. and um, they're offering, I think $25 or something for them to participate. But, you know, mothers oftentimes they need a babysitter mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or, or childcare, mm -hmm. and and the ambassador helped them to understand that uh, 
$25 might just be enough, might not be enough to cover the child care for that yeah. session. If there are multiple sessions, uh, transportation and, and all that, it's, it's a huge part of it, huge part. And, 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 and something else that often overlook is, is healthy eating. Mm-hmm. A lot of our neighborhoods do not have uh, uh, fresh foods. And I'm not talking about the supermarket fresh foods, but, you know, good vegetables, mm-hmm. et cetera, uh, in, in those neighborhoods. And we, we try, they call them food deserts. We want to make sure that uh, our communities have at least are able to go into a place yes. and be able to get the proper diet. You, you can't live off of potato chips and and, and <laughs> canned goods. <laughs> and expect to be healthy (laughs) let let me also say that we Mm -hmm. have have been fortunate to have some black researchers and some doctors that we have worked with Uh, Chief uh, Keith Churchwell who's the head of uh, Yale New Haven uh, hospital system Uh, Brian Lattimore in charge of diversity Cece Calhoun who works with uh, sickle cell patients and Mm -hmm. works with them with a passion and now they've moved over into the Smilo Center, the Cancer Center, yes. which, is, which is much needed. I mean, they need a space where they can get the treatment and the resources available to them uh, readily. Uh, we have Marcella Nunes-Smith who worked uh, as uh, an, an advisor to the president on this COVID-19 mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've had, and Dr. Oniyama who has developed a drug HIV patients so that they don't have to go in weekly to get a shot, but they can take it every other month or every two months. And it just is just the awesome research that we're doing. And with the mRNA, which is the drug that they were using for the COVID-19, they've discovered that this drug might be helpful even in fighting cancer and some Mm -hmm. other diseases that are already out there. I know they used it for the flu, for the first time, um, we, mm-hmm. Irvin Clayton and I were both in that, in that study as we were both in the study for uh, Pfizer's uh, COVID vaccine. So, I mean, it's, it's just healthy to know that we've got black scientists mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. researchers mm-hmm. that we're working with who are working, you know, for our communities and, and, and for the cause of a better science. And I think that, you know, this is the place on your show where we can get that message out. Excellent. Just as you're ch- chatting uh, and sharing fr- from the heart there, Reverend Perry and Reverend Clayton, it occurs to me that oftentimes we hear these phrases, uh, liberation, the struggle continues, social equity, diversity, inclusion, all those words are nice. But here we have an event on August 26, where all of those kind of desires, expressed and unexpressed, kind of come together. It's, it's a family affair. It's, it's a healthy, healthy affair. Uh, I, I even dare say it's a spiritual affair. Uh, on April 26th, uh, Saturday at the Ellis Canterbury Park. So it's just, regardless of your ideology or your beliefs or your history or your economic status, this is a time where we can all kind of re- reach out to one another, put our arms around one another and have fun and food. And, and just think about, just, just kind of immerse yourself, a fully immersion experience from, from 12 to four uh, about what, 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 what community and community and communion really, really means moving forward. Now, let me let me just mention a couple of um, 
researchers that I hope will be there. Mm -hmm. Reverend Clayton had referenced our, our meeting in New Orleans. And on that night, Tisha Johnson Smith, uh, CEO and the chair of clinical research at Yale uh, was, the, was the speaker for that event. And she was highlighting the all of us study. Mm -hmm. And the all of us people will be at this event. And what the all of us study seeks to do is to like in the 23 and me uh, genetic study, they want to um, make precision medicine yes. a standard for all of us. So that when you go to see your doctor, he doesn't treat you like a, uh, a European, but he's gonna treat you like who you are because the science is gonna support the fact that black people are different and, and they have different genes that may cause certain uh, diseases and illnesses to surface within their families. For example, black people um, have the BRCA gene and it is showed that in, you know, when, they, when they're screening for genes, there's a gene that black people have that makes them susceptible of dying of uh, heart failure four times to their counterpart. The genes for breast cancer, the genes for diabetes, all of these uh, may be unaware to some of our doctors and particularly to some of us. Mm -hmm. But if we can get the results of this and go back to our doctors, go back to take charge of our health, tell our children that you know what, you're likely to get breast cancer, you're likely to die of a heart attack, you're, you're likely to have prostate cancer, then we can, we can do some pre prepping. Yes, uh, yes. You know, as Reverend Clayton was saying, we can maybe change our diet, maybe we can exercise more, maybe we can talk to our doctors and have this conversation early, mm -hmm. maybe then the uh, outcomes in terms of longevity White people live 10 times longer than black people. Well, well, not, 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 not 10 times longer, but they certainly live, live longer and, and, that, and on, on the main, they're enjoying their life because of socioeconomic economic disparities. Yeah, no, but the, the statistics show that our counterparts live seven to 10 times longer than we do. Well, okay, that's a, all right. I mean, that's, a, that's a, well, I mean, the same statistic that, that your insurance man looks at when he writes your policy, he's getting this data from the National Institute of Health. That's why we are, it's so important that we try to, this disparity gap, mm -hmm. and we try to work with that. Yes. I mean, otherwise, why would we do this? Yes. If, well, if the data yeah, but, did not support the fact that, you know, our lifespans are shorter, that our disease is twice as likely to cause our demise yes because of the data that we're here that's right that's right but, but i just just want our audience to know that you're not saying that white people live to be like 300 and we we be 90 so no. you know it's like yeah set seven to 10 to 15 years longer is and and there's and and as a joke this is kind of a, a bad joke to to say but um i think it's a reality we have to still confront that as we think about science for the future, there are people, and you reference the medical apartheid and, and Tuskegee, et cetera. Unfortunately, there are people today in 20, 2023 that don't value um, black lives as much as white lives and that and that are in positions of authority to, to kind of hamper our, our longevity. So there's a, 
there's a movie out on Netflix called uh, Did They Clone Tyrone? So you can see, and, and so what I'm trying to say is there are people that are in positions of power, in the, particularly in the medical uh, establishment, that might not have our best interests at heart. So that's why I appreciate everything you referenced about the importance of August 26th to kind of come out uh, from 12 to 4 at the uh, Ellis Canterbury Park from 139 Ashman Street here in New Haven. We have about 10 more minutes, gentlemen. Let's, let's kind of continue the, continue the spirit of this discussion. It's really been rich and, fruit, and fruitful. Also on uh, August 26th, the Red Cross uh, will be one of the groups that will be sharing with us. And um, I myself, I became a donor. Never really thought about uh, giving blood up until recently, but it became personal. Mm. One of our preachers, in his 30s, uh, passed away from the sickle cell disease. Yes. And and um, it was explained to us that the importance of, of getting blood for those patients, yes. that, that's, the, that's the only way they can get relief because you know, your blood goes to every part of your body. When you have sickle cell, um, especially when, when you get, when it gets severe, um, every area of your body is in pain and you need, they needed blood transfusion. Mm -hmm. And so when you get the, when they get fresh blood, then they, they can go a while without that pain. Yes. And that's just one reason, Never mind car accidents and surgeries, but when we're talking about our people, uh, people of color, we, there's something different in our blood that that these patients need. So we're we're we ask them to come to be a part of the health fair, and they can share some of these things with us on that day, and in a very clear and powerful way to help us understand. And then hopefully more people will sign up for blood donations as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and let me say here that Charles Drew, who was a, a surgeon and researcher, was one of the doctors who developed uh, improved techniques for the storage of blood mm -hmm. and things. Mm -hmm. And as, as we know, there was a time when, uh, during, particularly during um, the HIV epidemic, that people were trying to to put their blood in blood banks in case they needed um, to draw blood and they wanted it to be as pure as possible or at least to come from uh, them or members of their family who had given blood. So now we have a, you know, we understand that there are many repositories of uh, blood banks that are going out. And it's interesting that even with stem cell we need to have more stem cell banks as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because if you're trying to find a stem cell of an African-American, you've almost got to trade, you almost got to go to Africa to get a 10 to 10 match or someplace where blacks have uh, great numbers. And we're not doing that, but in Europe, they're doing that all over. High school students are, are participating in stem cell banks. Women who get pregnant are taking the placebo and saving it in case they or their child or children 
may need those stem cells. And this is the kind of research that, that our people need to, to know about and, and participate in. And we're doing this at Yale right now. Um, there is a repository bank that's going on with, um, with some researchers who have already reached out to us to get this information out. Because the hesitancy was that Charles Drew, who worked toward this technique, died because he went to the hospital and was unable mm -hmm. to get the blood that he needed mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. the White Hospital. But history has shown that that's not true, that when they took him to the hospital, because it was segregation, they didn't take him to the White Hospital. They took him to the Black Hospital. And maybe because they took him to the Black Hospital, which was not as equipped as the White Hospital, mm -hmm. he might have lived. And remember, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that sidebar, but it's not really a sidebar, but it's a direct deep dive about deep dive in terms of the, the economic realities of any institution that's operating in the past and that's operating today and how we can need to make sure that we can influence its, its trajectory for service delivery, equality, and, and, and I won't say liberation, but also, but definitely at least fa fairness. Uh, so, so just so important about why, again, that we, we are at a in my mind, a very critical, and you've been on this path for even beyond the, the last 10 years, a critical moment uh, about what, what equity means in every area. Uh, gentlemen, we have about uh, 10 more minutes, so let's just kind of continue continue to, 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 to kind of dive in. I'm just uh, impressed with Reverend Perry and Reverend Clayton. You mentioned the young people, because there's, a, I mentioned the overall context, but there's this, this pipeline educational component and where 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 do our Daniel Hill Daniel Hare, Hale Williams come in and uh, Charles Drew as many people might know Doctor uh, Daniel Hale Williams performed the first uh, heart surgery uh, uh, a black doctor that you may not know so we've had we've had giants in the field and you're grooming giants that might even uh, exhibit their prowess after we've left this this planet or in terms of this particular way of viewing uh, reality. But just talk about your your investment in the in in the young minds, the the next Nobel Prize winner, the next uh, uh, medical doctor that might in, invent uh, and create a, a new discovery. So, Tom, one of the things that we realized was that the face of medicine has to change. It has to change because it is, because of racism. It has to change, and and when I say racism, when you understand that there were one hundred twenty six black hospitals in the South until the Flexstar report came out and they reduced that to two, mm -hmm. Howard mm -hmm. University and Meharry. They said the other ones were not academically sound or financially sound. And so they got, they just wiped them out with this Carnegie Foundation fund. And so when you go to the hospital and you don't see people who look like you, you don't trust the people that don't look like you. And that's part of the problem. But also deeper than that, there is that implied bias that, that mm -hmm. some doctors have. Some doctors were taught early on that Black people can handle more pain than anybody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. So when a sickle cell patient comes in and say, I'm in pain, and they're Black, they simply say, oh, you're just, another, you're just looking for drugs. It's not so. We need people who, under, who can have compassion and understanding about us as a people. And so this implied bias mm -hmm. is sometimes seen in medicine 
The only way I think that we can really address it is to have more people who look like us, who, uh, who we can uh, trust and count on. So we, we started the exposure program. We were looking for high school students to college students to put in a four week summer program who would meet with, with our phenomenal uh, researchers and doctors and might inspire them to go into the field of medicine, not necessarily as an MD, but just in this field so that we could open this field up to make it more look like what America ought to look like in terms of diversity and equity and inclusion. Reverend Clayton? Yes, I, I want to make sure that uh, our listeners, uh, if they wanted to contact us about the health fair, the, the number is 877-978-8343. That's 877-978-8343. That 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 will that's our call center number, and uh, they can get information about um, the health fair on August twenty sixth. Just want to put that out there before. Oh, for sure, we... yeah. Very glad right. you shared that. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Gentlemen, let me segue to a brief five minute or or three minute kind of. Um, not somber note, but just I think the the fact that you both you gentlemen have presided over funerals, and, and I know this is not a prepared script, but have you ever thought about as a thought crossed your mind whenever you've presided over a funeral, and you may have known that parishioner or known that family or known that person about, you know, if he if he do any regrets about well if he or she had done this or if he or she had not done this or or had done more of something else. Uh, so it just seems I want to give a chance for the for your, your, your public testimony this, this morning. And just, um, you know, for have you to say that you've, you've witnessed people that have made, parishioners, et cetera, that have made, have made bad choices or choices that have, they, they just were not able to, 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 to uh, stop making. And just the, the, the urgency, I guess I'm trying to get to the urgency of the now, the, the fierce urgency of the now in terms of August 26th. Any, any comments in, in that regard? Tom, this is um, it's a touchy moment. It's it's a serious moment because all of us um, look at certain individuals, um, and you wonder if that mm -hmm. word "if" is a small word, but but it carries a lot of weight. If we had uh, got them a little earlier or shared. Um, some of this good news a little earlier. Speaking of Dr. C.C. Calhoun, when she first arrived, um, I told her about my parishioner and uh, she was eager to set up an appointment so she could meet him. And, and the next thing you know that he's in the hospital and you think he's gonna recover, but he doesn't recover. Mm. And we're wondering, Boy, if you could have got here a little sooner, because you, it was hard for him to get uh, treatment. I mean, sometimes this person would just call you, you know, I, I can't get the medicine. 
and sometimes when you when you know insurance companies have these timelines, and if you don't meet the timeline, uh, then you can't get the medicine until you reach a certain date. But there, there's no time. There's no realistic time if your body's in pain. Mm. Doctor Doctor Perry talked about it earlier. They sometimes they think that you just need medicine. They just want the drugs. It's not that you want the drugs. Well, you want the drug, but you want the drug because you have the pain. Mm-hmm. And so you know there there are regrets that we don't that I may have not have been as forceful, or you may not have believed people who may have been suffering. Some people really suffer and they try to hold back when they tell you. Well, they look okay. They, they, they hold jobs like regular people. Then they have these periods of time when they just uh, can't handle the pain, can't handle the sickness. So, yeah, I, I, yeah I've thought about it. I've thought about it. And, and, um, I, I said that one time with the when when I get to see the Wesley on the other side, I'm going to apologize. <laughs> because sometimes you kind of wonder if, if it's real. But it's real. Yeah, I think I think that uh, Reverend Clayton has a that's a relevant point because he and and Wesley had um, sickle cell, and he was in and out of the hospital. <clears throat> but Reverend Clayton was trying to make some bring some inroads into his life because CC mm-hmm. had also talked about some possible cures for sickle cell with stem cell research, and that's something that's most of our community is not even aware of. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I think the, the, the bottom line is, Tom, there are social determinants of health that, uh, that must be taken into consideration. Trauma in the Black community, stress in the Black community, lack of housing, jobs, quality food can bring about poor health outcomes. Mm-hmm. And that's why we are meeting at this park. Uh, in Scanterbury because we want to reach the people that need this information that we feel need this information the most. I know there's going to be dancing and photo booths and I heard Mr. Softy is going to be there, <laughs> some Zuma and mm-hmm. some, um, some researchers who are going to be there who who be able to, because if we don't bring medicine to where the people are, mm. It's sometimes very difficult to get the people to where medicine is, mm-hmm. it's particularly if you're trying to get to Yale. So this is this is a great collaboration. It's a great way for us to to handshake here and take charge of our health at the same time. And and there are some phenomenal studies, like the Tulsa study that we on our show talked about. Tom, we we talked about how people with prostate cancer could either have the radical surgery or who could have the um, hormone treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's a new surgery, uh, a new technique, which is almost non-invasive. Yes. You can almost leave the hospital the next day and you don't have the side effects. Uh, and and this, this, this Tulsa study is free, but mm-hmm. our people do not know about it because Science is on one side of the street, culture and religion is on the other. The rich is on one side of the block, the poor is on the other side of the block. We're trying to build the bridge between rich and poor, between faith and science, so that we can somehow bring about uh, equity within terms of health care and health outcomes. 
Excellent. Sometimes it, Excellent. In, in our community, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Um, women's health or reproductive health, people like Serena Williams, she had the same problem that uh, the, mm. the, the, the regular women have who have very little means. Le LeBron James' son uh, had, a, had a, a heart situation last Monday. Um, and the same thing as people in our neighborhoods that, that, that play athletics. Sometimes these guys, they just pass on the football field, luckily or, or by the grace of God, they, they get to the hospital in time. But, but we, we can't stress enough that everybody needs to take a closer look at, at their health and at clinical research and fight that it, it, it is equal among all people, regardless. Indeed, a good, good friend of mine is undergoing, as we speak, even proton proton therapy for a for, for a prostate. And and uh, as you, as you mentioned, Reverend Perry, you have these even these new uh, uh, therapies, these new tactics that aren't available even regardless of your income level, as, as Reverend Clayton has mentioned. Even the proton therapy, it's not uniform throughout the United States. Only certain hospitals have the capacity, the economic means to even have these proton therapy. Uh, machines, if you will. Uh, so it really, for us to be beyond the battlefield, uh, healthy and fighting the, this battle for the for, for equality and freedom daily is really a charge. And, I, and I'm, I'm imagining in my mind when I've gone to previous health fairs in the past, just seeing little people, uh, mothers with their babies and toddlers walking around, we're really doing that for this next, not, not only this next generation, but as our Native American brothers and sisters would say, for the next seven generations and more. So you know, let's let's plant this, this seed of harmony and hope and, and fun and, and activity on August 26th uh, from 12 to 4 at this Ellis, Ellis Canterbury Park and 139 Ashman Street here in New Haven. It's just kind of off to, behind Dixwell Avenue. Uh, just just use your GPS. Uh, it's just, it's it, it's adjacent to the Yale Health Center if you know where that is. Um, and there's going to be free parking at Yale Lot Number 78 as well. Uh, you know, for fun, for Zuma, for food, for, for diagnostic screenings, for awareness, for just to kind of just uh, in, enjoy life and, 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 and for all of us to be prosperous. Gentlemen, we have about 30, maybe a, a minute, minute each, any kind of closing, closing comments, uh, Reverend Clayton? Yes, uh, that phone number again is 877-978-8343. And the email address is Help us discover at yale.edu. Help us discover at yale.edu. Tremendous, tremendous. Reverend Perry? I just want to go back to what Reverend Clayton said about uh, LeBron James and, and Serena Williams. I, I just want to say that, you know, in the Bible, we have it like this the rain falls on the just uh. and the just. <laughs> Whether you're rich or poor, suffering can knock at your door. But let me just say this. I like to have money behind my door <laughs> when the rain falls and I need the best care that I can get. And black people just don't have the money. The average black person just does not have that. And that make, that's why inequity and social equity is so important in mm -hmm. our struggle to bring health care yes. to people who are marginalized. Yes, indeed. Harry, that's it. Thank, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for, for being involved. And, and uh, you know, whether you have the money or not, you, you, you definitely want to be sure that we're, 
we're, we're treat, treated equally. Uh, and just to kind of uh, bring, bring awareness, self-awareness to, to everyone that's there, to the researchers, to the scientists, to the industry, just to, to humanity itself. We all need to kind of step up and realize that we're all brothers and sisters. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, Harry, thank you. See, see you guys soon. I didn't go to New Orleans, but that's okay. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, maybe maybe next year. I'm just, I'm just throwing, throwing it out now. I mean, you know, I'm on the B team. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Tom. All right.